when I saw her picture on the Bulldog Rescue website, I just, you know, I knew something, there was something just, just very special about her and I don't know what it was, but it clicked immediately. listening to the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host and resident dog mom, Erin Scott. Not only can a dog be your best friend, but I believe a dog can be a healer, a teacher, and an inspiration. I can't wait to share with you stories of how the love of a dog is changing our lives and changing the world. This is Believe in Dog. Welcome to episode 64 of the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host, Erin Scott, and thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to introduce you to the two guests that we're going to hear from today. First, we're going to hear from Michelle Dumont, who adopted a special needs bulldog and had her life forever changed by Phoebe Cakes, who has inspired Michelle to write a series of children's books. And then we're going to hear from a young entrepreneur named Ari Minkus. Ari started his company, Always Happy Pets, while in middle school. He's currently now in eighth grade and is so excited to share with us the gift baskets that he makes for dogs. So let's get started with Michelle. One of the things I loved about her story is that she kind of always thought she was a cat person and was a little bit of a reluctant dog owner. And of course, I joke about that with myself. It was totally my husband's idea for us to get a dog because I didn't even think I liked dogs. And obviously, my whole life changed for the better when dogs came into it. And Michelle's the same way. Her her young sons were campaigning to get a dog and she finally goes for it. She'd always wanted a bulldog. And the next thing you know, Phoebe Cakes comes along, the special needs bulldog. And after 20 other adoption applications fell through, Michelle and her family were lucky number 21 that got to bring Phoebe Cakes home with them. And they spent four amazing years together. And Michelle still has so much love in her heart for Phoebe Cakes that she wanted to share her with the world through a series of children's books. We're also going to hear about what it's like to own a bulldog and the special things that anyone interested in adopting a bulldog should know. And then we're going to dive into some of the special needs that Phoebe faced and how they were able to adapt their life for her. So let's get started. I'm so excited for you to meet Michelle Dumont. So we are here today with Michelle Dumont. Michelle, how are you? Very well. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you and hear all about Phoebe Cakes. Oh, thank you. I love, I do love talking about her. (laughs) I always love to start out by asking about your childhood experiences with animals. Are you someone who grew up with pets? I grew up with one with a German Shepherd named Brutus, who was who was always into something, a mischief maker, and then also a cat named Tanya. Um, that we we both had both pets for from the time I was little. That everything you know, anything I can remember up until I graduated high school, pretty much. So they they were with me a long time. So when you got older, were you excited to you know have a, a dog of your own? I you know I d- did not. Really, I always thought of myself as a cat person. And when I 
my children wanted a dog and I was really kind of holding off uh, about, you know, with getting one. And then, you know, they kept saying, you know, we really want a dog, we really want a dog. So I, I really kind of searched, you know, what type of dog to get. And I ended up, first dog I adopted was an Australian Shepherd. Um, and you know, he was perfect. He was so good and was great with children. And that's really when I really got attached to dogs. How old were your kids when they were campaigning for? They were, well, my, my daughter, she was only two, but the boys, my sons were six and seven at the time or seven and eight at the time. So they, you know, they really wanted, you know, someone uh, to play with. And, but yeah, she was, I mean, uh, Rudy was just so good. You could, you could, Lauren could dress him up. She, I have pictures of her, like actually putting clothes in that poor dog. Um, but yeah, he was okay with doing anything and he was, you know, uh, very much the German Shepherd kind of characteristics of uh, and herding dog and just just really good with other with cats and children. So it was it was a great experience. Yeah, I think I was about it was like seven, eight, nine. I really went hard with winning a dog, and yeah. my parents never gave in. And then I think I went to like, well, fine, I didn't want a dog anyway. <laughs> yeah, fine, yeah, fine. Yeah, they're just I. Um, with Rudy, he has long, he has long hair. So that is, you know, when you get to give a long haired dog a bath, that is a, that is an experience. So that's the only thing that I can say was like, I was not prepared for the maintenance of like, of the hair. I mean, I got it, I got it down, but yeah, there's a lot of hair. So <laughs> a lot of hair. And then was Phoebe your next dog? Uh, Phoebe. So I actually um, adopted a large bulldog because I'd always wanted a bulldog. And so Fritz and Fritz the bulldog and, and Rudy were best buds. And when Rudy passed, I, you know, Fritz just didn't, Fritz was young too. And he, he could tell he just didn't know what had happened. And I thought, well, you know, I should go ahead and adopt another a bulldog. And I, you know, searched and searched and I got on the uh, New Orleans Bulldog, found the New Orleans Bulldog Rescue, which is a wonderful organization. And they had quite a few dogs. But when I went into, you know, you go to the adoption events, well, I found out pretty quickly that everybody wanted to adopt a bulldog, not just me, like a thousand people. And I thought, you know, I, so about a year, for about a year and a half, I, you know, waited and, you know, would see a bulldog and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm really interested in this one. And they're like, well, there's 15 other people interested in the dog too. And I'd almost given up. I really was like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I was, I was looking at rescues in uh, Florida and rescues in Texas. And I thought, well, I could go there <laughs> if I can't get anything. And then so one day out of the blue, I decided to check the New Orleans Bulldog Rescue one more time. And I came across this, you know, this most adorable little bulldog. She was a bulldog with the size of a French bulldog. And she had this big, <laughs> big head, <laughs> but just the happiest looking face. And her face, I think she's in... The cover of the book, you can see a kind of illustrated drawing of what she looked like of the picture of when I adopted her. But it was just the most adorable face I think I'd ever seen. And, I, and I, so I contacted them and I was like, this is the dog for me. And they're like, well, there's 20 other applicants in front of you. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll see. But for some reason I was just so, you know, for sure that was going to be my dog. And 
you know, 20 other applicants came and went. And I, I kind of felt like at the end, because she did was special needs, I did need to uh, plug that I was in the healthcare field and that I understood the issues that she was, you know, that she would, uh, was having. And I think that that kind of sealed my deal with them. And so I became the 21st person to apply for adoption. And so I, I consider myself lucky number 21. <laughs> so tell us about what kind of special needs uh, Phoebe had. Well, she was, we're not quite sure believe that she was about three years old when she became, um, when she was taken to the rescue and she had been just, just severely mistreated. And they actually found her in a cat kennel. So she was a little bulldog in a cat kennel in somewhere, Louisiana. So they brought her in and she just, her back, she had probably been bred at, at an early age, but way too early. Um, at the, which had caused her extreme back problems. And so she, uh, she was learning to walk and she, she did learn to walk. Um, not the greatest, but she was just adorable. I used to just kind of, I had a carrier for her. So I would carry her around with me everywhere. I, it never slowed her down. She could still move, you know, around well. And I just, I, I was always, it was very funny. I had a big bag and carried her everywhere. So she enjoyed, you know, seeing everything. And then eventually I did get her a wheelchair and uh, she was fitted for the wheelchair. And I have some videos on her, on our Instagram feed of her in her wheelchair, but she, she loved it. You know, it was, it was never a day that she was not happy. So. And so she could get around without the wheelchair. Yes. Yeah, wheelchair. I mean, she was, it was definitely, it was a little difficult, but you know, if, if you could, if you thought Phoebe was going to stay in one place, and you know, if you went out the room and you come back and you're like, "Where did Phoebe go?" Um, you would. So she was. She, she, if there was a will, there was a way. She would find her way around to whatever she needed to get into. So I have. I, have, I think I have about five thousand pictures on my phone of you know where's Phoebe. Should be like where's Waldo. It's where's Phoebe. Um, but yeah, she had special places that she loved in the house, and I have a great window that looks over the avenue in my office here. And she'd love to look out the window and just like, you know, watch everything go by. And, um, but yeah, she also, she also traveled well. So she had a lot of adventures, um, through a couple States. So. And it looked like she was in some parades. Oh yes. So we have, um, for Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras runs from what's called 12th night, which is 12 days after Christmas through, Ash Wednesday. Um, so it's the fat Tuesday, it's the day before Ash Wednesday. So that's how we determine how long Mardi Gras will run. And we have every weekend, you know, or week, you know, during the weeks coming up to Mardi Gras, there's a smattering of parades all over the city. So there's one um, that is just for dogs. It's called Barkus, and it is so much fun. So I decided, you know what, I am going to put Phoebe in the Barkus Parade. And so we had, she had a huge red wagon that's kind of tall that I kind of dressed up like a float, like a Mardi Gras float and, you know, dressed her up in a Mardi Gras outfit. And we went to the parade and we were there with about 10,000 other dogs. Um, not even kidding. Um, so you prayed through the French Quarter and uh, there they have a king and a queen uh, dog in a court. We didn't, we were not in the court, but Phoebe felt like she was the queen. Um, 
there is so it was so much fun to see all these other people who are either participating in the parade, you know, are, are also taking their dogs through the parade route. And then there's also just the streets are just lined with people who love dogs. So she just thought I have video of her and she was like, I, this was meant for me. She just thought she was the queen. And at one point I really did think that she was going to get a little overwhelmed because there were so many children that kind of like bombarded her. And, but she was like, Oh, love this. I will do this every day for the rest of my <laughs> life. Uh, she had the most fun. So I do, I will um, replay those videos uh, for coming up because the, the season will start soon. So I'll be replaying those videos, but she just, uh, we had the most fun that day. I I always think it's interesting, you know, because dogs, you know, it's like dogs can be introverts or extroverts, I think also. And uh, like my, my dog, Penny, like she gets very excited to be around a lot of activity and, you know, to, to watch what's going on. Whereas like yeah, my yeah. dog, Nino would like completely hide and shy away and like yeah. doesn't want to leave the house, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, my big bulldog, Fritz, he's really all about the couch and the bed. Um, if I do take him traveling, uh, I've taken him to New York and different places and he, he's like, okay, there's the tree that I'm going to pee at. And then I'm going to go back in the hotel and you go have fun. <laughs> and that's, that's his, that's how he feels about everything. But Phoebe, she's like, take me out, take me wherever you want to go. So she's all in. So did you ever encounter any people who had strange reactions to her being special needs? Um, I, you know, a lot of people asked questions about like, what happened? How, how did this happen? They were curious, but nothing that was offensive. Cause I've heard of other people who've had different inter- interactions, um, with, cause the breed is, has come under fire because that, you know, there's a lot of poor breeding out there, but I think that's across a lot of dog breeds, not just the bulldog. But yeah, they, you know, people asked a lot of questions and, you know, I was happy to answer them. And I think that it's good to let people know as much information as possible because there's a lot of things that you don't want to do with a bulldog in general. So it, it just kind of opened up a, you know, a dialogue for that. Can you tell us about some of the like care and maintenance of a bulldog? I have a bulldog in general because I have I have a I have a Frenchie, a little Frenchie name, which is very they're very similar. Uh, Fritz is the bulldog, and a Maggie is the Frenchie, and they're they're very similar. They're they're short haired. It's easy they're easy to to bathe, um, but you do have to watch with them that they can, some of them have very flat noses with, with breeding. Um, a lot of times during the summer, especially in New Orleans, I really don't take them out. I take them out to go to the bathroom. We walk a little bit, but they really can't uh, control their uh, temperature, regulate their temperature well. So they're not a dog that you're going to go out and run in the heat. <laughs> so that's a definite no-no. Um, you want to make sure that if you do take them for walks, make sure that they're, you have water for them, uh, those cool towels, anything that's going to help keep them cool if you know that you're going to be out. But I wouldn't take them. It's not a dog that I would take to the beach so <laughs> or anywhere. You could take them, but they need to stay inside to the for the cool weather. And right now in New Orleans, they're loving it because it's a little cooler. We still have immunity, but this is the time of year that I will take them out, take them for walks. Also, they, you know, they can have, they have bulging eyes. They can have problems with getting, uh, you know, like 
I, I troubles with scratches, corneal abrasions. I've been lucky that mine don't um, have those issues. And also I lucked out with both of them that they have a large, longer snout. They're not a complete flat face. So they don't have a lot of them will have snoring issues and breathing issues. So I do know of some people who have told me that they've had to have nasal surgery for their dogs, things like that to improve that, you know, those things. But I have lucked out on in, in that regard. But yeah, uh, breathing issues are, are one of them. Sometimes allergies. Uh, Fritz, when we moved to New Orleans, he didn't have allergies, but he seems to be allergic to everything here. <laughs> so allergy medicine, um, he does take and, and once about every quarter, he gets an allergy shot because he'll go outside and just, you know, I don't know what he does or what he gets into, but he'll just break out in hives and you'll just, you'll look at him and all of a sudden he looks like popcorn and you're like, what just, what did you just sniff or eat that you should not have touched? So we've tried to eliminate (laughs) different things, but, um, but bulldogs are mischievous. Um, People say that they're um, not smart dogs. I think they're very smart. They just, they know when they've done something, they give you that look. But at the same time, I think they just can't resist. They're like, well, I know that I should not do that, but I'm going to anyway. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I do make sure my husband was like, I think we should get some poncettas in for Christmas. And I was like, no, no, they'll eat it. So there's things that they, you know, dogs shouldn't eat. So different. You do need to kind of, in your yard, it's kind of like, baby proofing your yard, but doggy proofing for different plants, you know, things that they can get tied up in um, if they're, you know, outside and they're not supervised, especially in New Orleans. One other thing is we have such a flea problem here. So there's, it's all year round. You have to do flea prevention. There's no like off season. So you have to do the flea and tick prevention because the fleas here are just, you know, they, they love it. They love the warm weather. And so you have to stay on top of things like that. Um, I think also I've seen this before is a lot of bulldogs get afraid, um, depending on your dog. My Fritz does not like storms at all. He gets very upset and they can have, if they get too upset, they can overheat, which will cause problems, or they can get what's called the bloat where their stomach kind of flips the way I understand it. So I do, I do make sure that if I know it's going to be a, a bad stormy day that either I'm home or he's like, you know, I can put him in a kennel where he can kind of cuddle up and be feel safe so he doesn't get stressed out because um, they will. And which that happens in other dogs, too. But a lot of people like to take their dogs out for Fourth of July. I would not take my bulldogs out for the Fourth of July because, again, they get it's it's hot. They the fireworks are pretty, but that can make them very, you know, nervous and lead to problems. So I definitely I leave them at home for the for those times. What about uh, with the face folds? Oh my goodness, the face folds. <laughs> so I have a washcloth, and my both of my dogs are like, ah, you know, you kind of have to, you know, there's special like. Uh, things that you can get for them, but I usually just use like soap and water and and, and, and wipe their faces down. But yeah, they um, the face folds they hate it. It's like a little child where they're like, I do not want my face wiped. I do not want that. And you're like, but you have dog food on your nose, and like you know, that's all. Like they stick their head right in, and it just gets everywhere. So you're up forever, you know, wiping that down and stuff. But uh, 
like I said, their mine aren't their faces aren't really flat, so they they their folds are a little bit better. <laughs> so it makes the biggest difference. So what is it? Just uh, you know, you hear so much about like the poor breeding practices with bulldogs. Yes. Is it just that? there's some kind of thing that, oh, it's cuter to have the flat face? You know, I think that it's just evolved over time. And, you know, there, there's definitely, I think, a market for that, which I think is, I'm a respiratory therapist. Um, so it's all about breathing. And you really, um, when when I'm looking at, at dogs, it's, it's definitely, you don't want, you, you don't want that because it's just going to, you know, lead to very health problems with, with, uh, Fritz. He, we did actually get him from a breeder when we were in, uh, we lived in uh, Philadelphia for a while and we did go to a reputable breeder and cause we wanted to adopt, but there was just no, there was, there was just not enough bulldogs out there to adopt. There was so much demand for them, but we really made sure that we went with a reputable breeder. They were very good. And, they actually made sure when they breeding that they kind of crossbred with like a box or some or another form. So they did not have, you know, they weren't bred to have these big flat faces. And so Fritz is a little taller and his nose is a little, snout is a little um, longer. So he's not, he doesn't end up having those, you know, leg problems or hip joint problems. And he also doesn't have all the snoring. So, but Maggie, little Miss Maggie, she ended up at the New Orleans Bulldog Rescue because she, someone didn't warm her. They did not go, every dog needs to go through their shots and warming process, especially when they're little. And she ended up having and terrible, a terrible intestinal worm situation. It was very, very bad. Um, so when she was taken to the rescue, that she did have to have surgery, and she's doing wonderful. She's going to do wonderful now. But you know that it was something that if someone had just spent the fifty bucks or whatever it is for the warming, which I, I sorry, I don't know exactly. It's pretty cheap for right the now. dewormer. Pretty, I think it's pretty cheap. Yeah, exactly. I think fifty is probably way over the price. But you know, at her surgery through the bulldog rescue, I'm sure was over five thousand dollars. Wow to um, fix the, the situation because like, it was the worst case scenario for uh, for her or not quite the worst case scenario, but definitely, a, you know, a terrible situation. But she's, her and Fred's get along wonderful. They play and she's, she looks great. I have her actually on my, on my Instagram account too, pictures of her. But yeah, it's, it's all about dogs are like children. You still have to do everything. They, I know when I grew up and maybe when uh there just wasn't all of these, you know, you didn't have a million different dog foods to pick from. You didn't have all these shots and different uh, flea and tick, you know, variety of things that you can get that you can get now. So it, it is kind of like having a child. <laughs> so everything that you would do to your child, to a child, you would probably kind of, you're probably going to do with your dog. You're going <laughs> to, all the shots, all the yearly visits, all the checkups, um, you know, safety issues. It's kind of like, it's like having a child. So it really is. And so how much time did you and Phoebe Cakes have together? We had four years, which, you know, with, which is a very, it was a short period of time, but she was probably about seven. Um, When she passed, she did have cancer, but 
you know, again, I, I think it comes back into the breeding for her. I don't, I don't know anything, anything about the people that had her prior to me getting her, but uh, it definitely looks like she kind of had the breeding wasn't good from the start, but also just the things that how she was treated probably, it was probably a public mill type of situation where she was, you know, designed to just have as many litters as she could and obviously had them way too early. But yeah, we had uh, four years and she, I think that um, she had the best four years ever. So we did everything and I really wanted her to have a great life. And she was, she was very inspiring. I think when we went to the, I had been wanting to write a children's book and I was looking around at you know, what could I write about? Um, what, what would my character look like? And I thought um, the day that I took her for the the Barkis Parade, for the uh, Mardi Gras Parade, I just, you know, it, it kind of started writing itself in my head as we walked through the streets of New Orleans through the, through the French Quarter. And that's how we started with the first book, which is the Mardi Gras Tale. But she, yeah, she was just such a great inspiration. And four years wasn't near long enough, but it's an inspiration that will live on. She will live on through every book. So I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have a favorite adventure that you guys had together or a favorite just like activity? Like my girl Penny is like obsessed with car rides and it's oh, like- <laughs> uh, Phoebe loves a car ride. Uh, she loved a car ride and she would, she loved school buses too. And we lived near right beside a school. So in the afternoon, she, <laughs> She was just, she would have to get out there. She was like, okay, we have to get to the school bus. And one day she like, she was sitting outside of the school bus door. You could see the the um, driver like waiting for the kids to come out. And she, the school bus driver was laughing because Phoebe was like, could you please just open the door and let me in? Um, she just really thought, she really just thought that she was a child. She was ready to, she was ready to get on that bus. But yeah, we, we uh, went on a lot of adventures to Florida um, I took her with me. We we had a couple of hurricane escapes that we had to do um, for drives. But I think just we had, you know, it was great just to take her to the park and, you know, just kind of roll her around and or carry her around. And she just enjoyed it was I, she loved a great puppuccino from Starbucks. <laughs> she she lived for whipped cream. So we kept whipped cream on hand um, at home and uh, she, a lot of mornings I would take her out with me and we would go for the Starbucks run and she just, uh, she knew she was, I have a video of her. I was just, we're, you know, we're waiting in the line and she's like, are we, is it here yet? <laughs> so I feel like it's, you see a lot of those videos down. I'm like, yeah, Phoebe was way ahead of her time when she was, she could not wait. And that Starbucks line, she's like, I, I don't understand why it's taking so long, but she enjoyed it. That was kind of how Penny and I got through COVID. We at least had a Starbucks drive through that we could exactly. go to in the morning. We, same thing. It was just uh, same thing. We would go through. That was our one time of being able to in the, in the morning. You couldn't, yeah. you know, you couldn't go out anywhere. I mean, we could go to the park, things like that. But Starbucks was our drive through. And so you just had your second children's book come out, which is The Alphabet Tale. Yes. And so this was very adorable. I learned a lot of dog breed names. 
I know. I, you know, it was suggested. I have several titles and books that I'm working on now, but someone had suggested that I do an ABC book. And I was like, oh, I I don't know. Um, But I kind of put that on the list of things, you know, proposed titles. And a lot of times my writing style is I can't just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write an ABC book. I, I can put it on a list of things, but I kind of need to ha- hear a thread, someone say something or do something that kind of gives me a thread to start the book with. And, um, you know, one day I, I can't exactly remember what someone said, but it, 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 the inspiration just hit and it took me about two days to write the book. But I, w- I was wondering, I was like, am I going to be able to find a book that, you know, or a dog breed that is, starts with a Z or an X? So the X breed was the Zolo Esquinte. I have been able to like pronounce that appropriately. But, um, but yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see, and a lot of them are mixed breeds too. So it was fun to see like the Docker um, and different other breeds that are um, a kind of combination. So I didn't have a problem with actually finding dog breeds from A to Z. So I did. I learned some things along the way also. Yeah, I was going to ask you how to pronounce the X one. (laughs) Yes, Zolo Esquinte. Thank goodness for Google, for Google Translate and pronunciation services, or I wouldn't make it through life. So. And so I also love that it's interactive and there's like these little windows and, you know, it's obviously for younger, you know, younger yes. children. And I yeah. just thought that's so cute and just adds like this extra element to it. My my kids loved that, uh, especially my daughter loved that style of book when she was little. She's actually just, she's actually in her second year of college now. Oh, so, wow. but uh, she really enjoyed that, you know, that style book. And when I was my other uh, children, when they were little, I really loved Dr. Seuss. So I loved the silly rhymes and it was just fun, you know, and you could get tongue tied with those verses. And so it was kind of inspiring for some of these verses to the book of, I kind of felt like it had that, that Seuss feel of, you know, silliness, but fun rhyming and fun way to learn your ABCs without having the stress of feeling like I need to learn my ABCs today. Right. right. Yeah. I think it's it's done so well. And uh, I love the illustrations too. Did you work with somebody that you knew or how did that come about? Yes. So um, a good friend, her name is Jennifer Taylor. She's actually an architect and we met on another project, another writing project. And I, you know, told her one day that I was looking for, I did not know that she was an architect at the time. And I told her that I was writing a children's book and I was having problems finding an illustrator. And, you know, uh, we started talking and she was saying that she was an architect. And I thought, well, you do a lot of drawings, don't you? And she's like, yeah, I do. I do a lot of drawings. And I was like, I bet you could draw a dog. And she's like, maybe I can. And so she went home and I kind of gave her a couple pages of what was the wording that was on the page and what I had thought that would would be on the page. And she's like, I could do this. And she, um, Phoebe kind of went through many of like little iterations of little, little changes here, little changes there to get, uh, the look that she, she wanted. And I think she did a great job. Yeah. It's very adorable. Thank you very much. (laughs) And 
with the so the first book is the Mardi Gras book and even with the alphabet book it seems like New Orleans itself is sort of a character in the book as well yes because there I think there's there's always something going on in New Orleans and I thought about you know one of them is you know have you ever ridden a merry-go-round and I thought about City Park and what Phoebe would look like with another little dog at City Park looking at monkeys or you know going to we also have the the other park that you have, there's merry grounds, there's, there's golf, uh, children's, you know, putt-putt there. There's actually Storyland, which is a little amusement park. So I thought about what Phoebe would look like there. So, and the zoo was Audubon Zoo. So I, you know, what would Phoebe look like at Audubon Zoo? What would Phoebe look like at City Park? Participating in some of those, uh, you know, adventures that you can, uh, you know, you can do in New Orleans. So what's, what's the future hold? It sounds like you have more books in the works. So I have one that I really love that um, I'm currently working on is that she's, Phoebe's going to take a road trip. So she's going to be visiting a few friends around the United States and a few sites. Uh, also, there's another one that is the Christmas book that will come out for next Christmas. It's the Christmas tale. They're all going to be you know, a road trip tale, a Christmas tale. There's also a you know, a good night book. It's written in the scheme of the good night series of, uh, you've seen some other, I think there's like good night New Orleans. There's a uh, good night moon. This is going to be a uh, book for Phoebe, which is a little, little different, but still, a, a, you know, bedtime type story. So those are, those are the next three on deck. Um, so, but there's endless that I've pretty much got an endless, you know, it, it could be endless stories. It It is so funny how, you know, sometimes these dogs just come along and it's like nothing is ever the same again. And they just, you know, live in your heart. And it's like, you feel like they, you have this duty to like keep them alive. <laughs> yes, I definitely, um, you know, Phoebe just that, that when I saw her picture, on the Bulldog Rescue website, I just, you know, I knew something, there was something just in, just very special about her. And I don't know what it was, but it clicked immediately. And I just, you know, I, I always tell everyone, you know, don't never underestimate the power of a furry friend. <laughs> and, you know, she definitely uh, was the inspiration and kind of kicked me off to doing, you know, more, writing more things. So I think there'll be more things in my writing future. And it was uh, a fun place to start. And I've learned so much about writing and, you know, publishing. And, you know, it's, it's fun to share with other people. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for everybody to find out more about Phoebe Cakes and get the books. Where can everybody find you? Definitely at Barnes & Noble. There's Amazon. Um, any of your larger retailers, there's you know, Target. You can find them there or order them online from those, uh, those sites. In New Orleans, I have them at a lot of the... Um, a lot of the favorite books uh, shops around and there's the garden district bookshop and Octavia books, I believe, but a lot of the bookstores in New Orleans carry them, but uh, you can find them. If you're somewhere else in the U S you can definitely go online and get them at uh, all your, you know, large stores will carry them. Wonderful. I'll make sure we have links in the show notes for everyone to find you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Of 
course, I'll have links for you in the show notes so that you can find Michelle and purchase the Phoebe Cakes books. The books really are so beautifully done. And I'd imagine if you're a little guy, you would love having the different like windows to open. And it's an interactive book too, which I just think is super special for young children. And I'll be honest, I learned some dog breeds too. I don't know that I could have named one dog breed for every single letter of the alphabet. So I definitely learned some too. That was very fun. And next, we're going to hear from a very special young man named Ari Minkus. I had the opportunity to ask Ari about what inspired him to start his company, Always Happy Pets, and also to chat about what it's like doing remote school during COVID, because obviously that was not something I ever experienced. I just love that Ari doesn't even have a dog of his own right now, but he spends all his days thinking about ways that he can make dogs happy. So let's get started with Ari Minkus. So we are here today with Ari. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to you because you're doing one of the coolest things I've ever seen a kid do. Thank you. So first of all, one of the questions I usually start out with asking my guests is about if they grew up with dogs and you're still growing up. So do you want to tell us about any dogs that you've had in your life? I used to have a young golden retriever, which I met when I just moved to California. She was lovely, and I used to love playing with her. And now that she's grown older, we've decided it's best for her to go with another family. So we gave her to our dog walker, and she's been loving it. She's been going on hikes every day, and she's having a wonderful time. And what did you like the most about having a dog? What I really loved is having the company. Every day I would come home from school, she would basically be laying on my bed and we would kind of just cuddle and it would just be fun to have somebody else other than family that wasn't a human, basically. I always said my dog Penny was like the best friend I ever had. (laughs) So tell us about your company, Always Happy Pets. I create high quality like dog gift baskets, which are environmentally friendly, where I use a towel to basically recreate the basket and just a pin to hold it in. And it basically takes the original basket where you would usually throw it away and you can use a towel for anything that you would need. I think that's so smart. How did you come up with this idea in the first place? In about, at about 2021, I started doing homeschooling right when the pandemic was getting pretty bad. And my dad was helping me with business then and I had done a business course and when I did that I kind of really saw a lot of kids doing other dog products but it didn't really spark my mind so I thought of my dog Chanel at that point and I thought of making a like high quality cute sustainable dog gift basket that would be great for dogs. So what's like your vision? Like the the dog, do do they get to open it up or is it like Christmas morning and like their eyes pop out and they get to play with it? So the dogs can like really smell the treats. So I've had a lot of dogs, like when they see it or smell it, they jump up, they go crazy, they love it. And then I get a lot of emails from the owners saying they love this. It's like the best thing for them. They really enjoy it. They have, I have this little toy in it called Kong dumbbell toy. And I've almost heard everybody say their dog loves it. And it's super fun for them to play every day. 
And what are some of the other items in the gift baskets? So I have a range between small, like fresh kisses, which make dog breath smell good, and then to bigger cookies that they could have every day. And they come also at a sustainable cost. So I put about half a pound to a pound of cookies in there, and you only pay basically what you get. So it's almost perfect for your dog. And it's not extra cost or any little cost. You get like way much more than what you pay for. And so where do you find the items to put in the baskets? Um, so here where I live, I have a lot of local stores that get these or make them fresh right where they are um, places. So I basically go there and I have like a little small deal where they give me a little discount and then I can basically make it cheaper for the consumer or for the people who buy it, but also have a really good organic dog treats in them. I think that's such a cool idea. I like how you're thinking about business so young. I wish I had learned this kind of stuff when I was your age. <laughs> yeah. And so do people buy the gift baskets like for their dogs, like birthdays or like adoption anniversaries? Or have you heard any stories like that? So I have currently, I do seasonal baskets. My latest one was a Christmas basket where a lot of people would buy them and they would be made in a stocking so they could just hang them up. And basically like on Christmas morning or whenever they would get the stocking, the dogs could also be participating in the gift opening. So they said that was pretty cool. That's great. What, what are some of the other uh, holiday themes that you do? Um, I have two upcoming ones that I've planned for. I have a Valentine's Day gift basket, which is in a heart, and I'm going to release it soon. And then I have another one upcoming with Easter, where there is, hopefully it's going to work out, we have edible dog chocolate. So it'll be pretty cool. (laughs) I like that. And then you can, with the dogs, you could even like hide the Easter basket and then they can, you know, sniff it out. (laughs) Yeah. So what I think I'm going to do is have it like a little Easter, Easter egg. And then you could put it around and the dogs can sniff it and find it. And they're like little chocolate hearts and for Valentine's Day and then chocolate eggs for Easter. I love it. So I saw something on your website that you actually had a couple different prototypes uh, before you settled on your current design. Uh, so what was kind of like your your like idea to, and your process to make these? My first prototype was about two years ago where I had a wooden basket and I had like shredded paper inside and I didn't have as many treats in them for the amount of costs. But what I realized pretty quick is that the shredded paper would get really messy when the dogs would go and destroy it and like take apart it. And the basket, most people would just throw away or put it a different. So I got, I was thinking a while and I realized a lot of people use towels. Every time I was with my dog Chanel, she would always make the front car seat dirty, crazy. We would go through tons of towels like a week. Yep. We have a whole stack of dog towels. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought, why don't I just make a basket of towels so you can use every piece of it? That's brilliant. I mean, that really is very smart because I, we could never have enough towels for the dog for my feet. (laughs) And so what is like your your big dream? Like what is your vision for like long term? So my vision right now for the company was that I wanted to get a head start for high school since I would like to get into a good college and keep my grades going up that 
um, when I get to like 11th grade where I have to apply for colleges and stuff that it'll ha- it'll be easier for me to basically get work done and also make people happier with their dogs. I wish I had had, had a, this kind of thinking when I was your age. <laughs> and so do you have any thoughts on, on what you want to do when you get older or go to college? I would love to go to financial college to get into more finances, but I also would like to get into like sustainability stuff like helping the earth and solar solar powered stuff and more reusing carbon emissions and getting stronger with helping the earth. So do you think you'll have dogs of your own when you grow up? Yes, for sure. I would love to have dogs. <laughs> and so what are some of the things you like to do for fun? Um, I like to play sports and I like to hang out with friends after school to also get that like social aspect that I was missing during homeschooling. Yeah, what was that like during COVID, going to school like at home during COVID? So I started off COVID with doing homeschooling from a school that was like a private school that I used to go to. And it wasn't really working out for me because online schooling was really hard. Yeah, I would imagine it is. So I went to homeschooling for a while where I had um, tutors help me. And that's where it really helped me pick up and get at my own pace so I could learn better. I am super excited for you. I think you are going to have an amazing future and I'm super excited to see what you're going to do with your company and with the gift baskets. Is there anything else that you want people to know? Um, Yeah, they can get my brand new baskets and limited time baskets at my website at alwayshappypets.com. And I have new releases and a brand new membership that will come out with special baskets and cool toys. Oh, that's super exciting. I will make sure that we have links in the show notes for everybody. And uh, thank you for spending your, your evening with us. I was so impressed by speaking with Ari that he's so articulate for being in the eighth grade. I'm not sure that I was that articulate till I was in my late 30s. And I'm really excited about the idea of getting our guy Nino an Easter basket made for dogs. My dogs have certainly been spoiled in many, many ways, but not that one. And I think it's a really cute idea, too. If your friend adopts a dog, you can send them like a gift basket to welcome a new dog to their family or um, adoption anniversary, a gotcha day celebration. Like, I think there's endless reasons that we could be giving our dogs and our friends gift baskets for dogs. And Always Happy Pets does ship nationwide for a very reasonable cost. And I'll have a link in the show notes that'll take you right to Ari and Always Happy Pets. So that'll do it for this episode of the Believe in Dog podcast. If you like this episode, remember that you can always leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's pretty much the biggest compliment that you can give a podcaster. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram at Believe in Dog Podcast with underscores or on Facebook at Believe in Dog Podcast. So until next time, this is Aaron Scott sending you hugs and belly rubs. Believe in Dog Podcast is a production of Hugs and Belly Rubs, LLC.